worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Feeling imperfect, insecure, or inadequate? How do you show kindness, self-acceptance, gratitude, and compassion towards yourself every day? Mental health is a journey, and Switch Research delivers expert guidance along the way. Their mission is to provide you with effective, easily accessible mental health resources to help you become a happier and more resilient you. Switch Research partners with psychologists, clinical therapists, researchers, psychiatrists, and more who have years of academic or clinical experience under their belt to provide evidence-based journals and digital workcourses. I have been using the self-love journal for the past few weeks and love how pointed it is, how affordable it is, and that it takes no more than 5-10 minutes out of my day to really get to the core of things. Transform negative thoughts into self-love. Use our code BEWELLSIS20 today at switchresearch.org to get 20% off of your purchase. Again, transform negative thoughts into self-love by using our code BEWELLSIS20 at switchresearch.org to get 20% off of your purchase. Too often, Black women are a mere afterthought in conversations around wellness, but not in this space. On this podcast, the dialogue is always centered around women like you. Welcome to the podcast, but more importantly, welcome to the tribe. Be well, sis. Hello, hello, and welcome back to the Be Well, Sis podcast. I am your host, Cassandra Dunbar. Um, how are you, sis? How are things? How has life been treating you? But more importantly, how have you been treating yourself? Have you been taking care of yourself? Have you been eating well? Have you been resting? Have you been moving your body? All of those good things. I hope you've been making time for yourself, especially now if you are a parent and it is that beautiful, and I say that facetiously, back to school time. Um, I know it could be stressful for a lot of us. So I hope that you have been taking time for yourself and still maintaining some sense of self-care. Um, yeah, I hope you're well. I have been doing okay. I've been doing okay. Um, I am not going to sit here and act like I have been doing great at my self-care. I have not. Um, but baby steps. I, um, yeah, I, I, I guess the first part of it is recognizing your shortcomings. So yeah, so I'm going to get back on it by trying to be more mindful and everything. You know, my birthday is in October and every around my birthday, so it's about a month away, I just start to get really reflective about where I am, what I'm doing, what have I accomplished in the last year? What are my goals? How do I feel? Do a lot of, I do a lot of internal reflection and I become more pensive than usual and I'm already a pensive person. So yeah, I'm just trying to figure some things out and figure out. Yeah, I'm trying to figure some things out and I'm trying to, as I work through things and acknowledge the things that I didn't accomplish that I set to accomplish, I'm trying to be more gentle with myself and I'm trying to um, use a more healthy voice, my healthy internal voice, rather than be incredibly, be super critical because I, 
like I said before, that's something that I'm really working on is how my internal voice. But yeah, anyway, that's that. That's a little bit of a tangent. Anyway, so that is enough about me and what's happening over here. I want to go ahead and jump right into the episode because today's conversation is so, so good. And it really hits home for me. Um, We're talking about friendship. Friendship, we don't talk about it enough. It's super, super important. Um, Research shows that um, it plays a huge import, a huge part in our wellness. Um, those who don't have a social connection with others have a decreased life satisfaction and have decreased lifespans. But you know, how many times have we heard the mantra, no new friends? Remember Drake's song? No new friends, no new friends, no, no new, whatever. I hated that song. I mean, the, the tune was catchy and all that, but I just did not like the message. <laughs> um, or do you guys remember the you can't sit with us era on social media? So what you'd see was like a group of gorgeous women either sitting together um, at an event or a dinner or something. And they're just dressed to the nines and just looking gorgeous and amazing and immaculate. And then it would have that dumbass caption. You can't sit with us. And initially, I'd like the picture like I'd hit like. But then when I got to the caption, I saw that was the caption. I would, yes, go back and unlike it because I, I don't like that. Because there has to be a better way of expressing that those are your girls and you love your girls without being a mean girl, right? Anyways, having meaning relationships outside of our romantic ones are so important, especially as women. Um, I first caught wind of today's guest when I found several of her posts on TikTok. I know, I love TikTok. <laughs> and what made her stand out to me is was her subject matter. Here was this gorgeous Black woman talking about adult friendships in a very positive manner. And I hate to say it, but too often when we talk about friendships, we talk about it from both sides of our mouths. At one instance, we'll talk about how, oh yeah, I love my sisters and I support my sisters. And the next is no new friends and I don't trust women. So how can we truly support each other if we don't even let each other in, right? Today's conversation especially hit home for me because I've been through friendship breakups, which hurt like hell. And I've spent the majority of my adulthood moving around the country and internationally, both have which made it really, really hard to meet new people and have real long-lasting um, friendships. Throw marriage, motherhood, and then career into the mix, and it's been damn near impossible. And as I look around online, I realize that while many have had solid friendships, many women are also experiencing the same growing pain. So Danielle Byard Jackson is a friendship expert on a mission to help women create and maintain better friendships. She's a former high school teacher and a certified women's coach, as well as podcast host, author, and speaker. She uses her knowledge and training to help women better understand the impact and importance of strong platonic relationships between women through her unique platform, which is called Friend Forward. So without further ado... Let's hop into this conversation. Thank you so, so much for joining. I am so, so glad you're here. Be well, sis. 
Today, I have somebody who I've been eyeing for months now. So I'm super, super excited to talk to you. I have Daniela Bayer Jackson, who is the friendship coach. How are you? I'm doing okay. How are you? I'm good. It's Friday. Thank God. I'm, I'm beat. <laughs> no, I feel you. It's Friday, end of the week. And, and I'm glad to be here to be having this conversation because I feel like talking about friendship with our community is so important. So I know we're going to get into some really good stuff. I was thinking about how a couple years ago, Drake had the song, No New Friends, and people just really mm. like <laughs> held on to that mantra, that motto. And I, I just never really liked it. I'm like, well, maybe I'm just corny because I like new <laughs> friends. Like, what's we can be corny together. We can be corny <laughs> together because I had the same response as you. Yeah. Like, and you know what I realized? I'm in my mid thirties. We outgrow people and I've just come to terms with it being okay to outgrow people and look for new friends. But I think it's hard to find new friends. So let me rewind. I think a lot of us may struggle with finding new friends, especially as we like leave our hometowns and we go elsewhere for work, for school, for whatever it is. So we say no new friends as a weight, as a protective measure, right? So step one, how do we make friends as an adult? (laughs) (laughs) You know what? I think that, you know, at the risk of sounding life coachy, it really does start with your mindset. So I think a lot of people keep hitting a wall because they're like, time out. What happened? Where are my people? Why am I starting over? I'm 30. How do I not have? And I think until we say, oh, I'm constantly going to have to be making friends. It's not something that you had the opportunity to do in high school. And if you didn't do that in high school or college, I don't know where you're going to find them. That would be a miserable existence if you had to spend 50 years with the people you met and locked down at 20. And so I think once we realize, you know, getting married, you're meeting your spouse's friends. If y'all move to a new city, you're doing it again. If you got a new job, you're doing it again. When your, you know, kids meet kids and you're bumping into their parents, there's so many things that will propel you into a season of friend making. And I think it starts there of, oh, wow, I'm going to have to do this multiple times. Yes, you are. When your spouse passes away, I mean, there's so many life seasons that will propel you into a new community in friend making. And so I think it starts there. And that way, I don't think a lot of us will have so much like cognitive dissonance of like, wait, well, what's going on? If you expect that I'm always going to have to be making new friends. I think as an adult, it's kind of difficult because, you know, well, one research tells us that we begin to lose friends at 25. So until that point, our social network grows expansively. And it makes sense because what are we doing? We're in school. We're in a space saturated with our peers or you're, you know, in the dorms in college. It's nothing to walk down the hall and there's new girls. And so once that institution has been completely removed, I think that's when we start to realize what happened. I feel like I'm not making friends. I feel like my friends disappeared. So I first want to offer any you know reassurance to those listening. If you're in that season, yes, that sounds about right. You're right on track. And women start coming to me around the age of 24 and 25. College graduates who are like, what's going on? And then also at that time, you start to have new priorities. And so you're trying to find a way to balance you know, some of us marriage and then a new career. You're trying to get really focused because you want to advance kids and maybe a new move and you're the new you. And so those things take priority and we tend to push friendship into the margins of our lives. And I'll get to it when I get to it. And then when we're ready, we put our head on a swivel, like, wait, where did my friends go? You've been prioritizing 
all these other things. So there are a couple reasons why making friends can be so difficult at this age. Yeah, you hit on a couple of things. The first thing that you mentioned about the community piece, I think a lot of us forget, especially in our culture, how community is so important. I talk to self-care a lot on the podcast and the point of self-care now that I'm, I'm realizing it is so that I can be better so that I can be better for the people in my community, right? There is no point in like growing and healing and just being siloed. It's so important to be surrounded by other people who care about you. And I think that's also part of like our growth too, is growing with those around us and for them to support us and we support them too. And then you also mentioned like the different seasons and One thing that I find difficult is managing all the things. I'm a mom, I work, I have a husband, I have a household to to manage. How do we healthily balance those things and still make friendship a priority? Because I know for myself, one of the things that I'm really working on is being a better friend and being outgoing to make new friends. Thoughts on balancing that? (laughs) Yes, first of all, I love that for you, the intentionality. And I think it starts there like, okay, you know what? I am ready to get plugged in. Like, I'm going to be intentional. I have control over my friendship story. I can control it, you know? And so, yeah, so I'll give some tips into friend making in just a moment. But to your point about making time, it doesn't sound very sexy. But when we get to our age, because I'm mid-30s too, we have to put it on the calendar like anything else. We really do. And so it's not sexy. It's kind of foreign to us because it used to just be like, you go somewhere, you make friends. And what's the big deal? There is no plan. There is no strategy. We never had to flex the muscle. And so now we're like, wait, I have to like do stuff to like find them. Yes. And so whether it comes to making or maintaining friendships, putting it on the calendar. And so especially those of us in business and entrepreneurship and things like that, we'll put everything else on there. But why not put six o'clock gym with Sandra? Because I'm going to honor this like I do anything else that was on my calendar that day. Or we don't have to just be plugging on our calendar times to meet up. It can also be, you know, one of my favorite little hacks is I often get distracted. So I'll even tell someone, yeah, I'll send you those notes later today. And then I won't. Or I'll tell a friend, okay, yeah, I'll check on you. And I forget. And it's, it's, I really just forgot. And so one of my favorite hacks is, you know, after a friend texts you or she's calling you and she's telling you she has a big appointment coming up on Monday or that she has this like job and her thing, you know, interview she's going to, we mostly nod and say, oh, okay, cool. Good luck with that. But the whole point of maintaining friendship is always spotting opportunities for momentum. So while she's telling me on the phone, yeah, girl, I got this appointment at two o'clock on Monday. I'm about to go in there. Oh, what time is it too? Okay, I got you. I'm, I have her on speaker and I'm in my scheduler to put, ask her about appointment at three. Because mm. on the receiving end, when she gets a text after she walks out, that's like, hey, you good? I know you said you had an appointment today. Those are the kinds of things that leave an imprint on another yeah. person. They keep you top of mind. It reminds her, I'm a, I'm a friend. We're friends. Yeah. And it just keeps us going. It keeps us propelled. And so you have to be intentional the same way we would anything else. And so for busy moms like ourselves, how can you get it on the calendar? The second thing is sometimes we struggle because we're like, when am I going to find additional time to do this? And I think the trick might be to find ways to layer the time you have because there ain't no additional time. So if I normally do, you know, laundry like clockwork on Sunday evenings, can I also layer this time with a quick phone call to a girlfriend? And when I invite her to get on the phone, I'm being specific in my invitation. I'm saying, hey, I miss your voice. You want to hop on and chat for like 30 minutes or so Sunday at eight? And I know that might sound formal to some, but people are more likely to say yes when you have carved out all the details. I've done the mental labor. 30 minutes, Sunday, 
eight o'clock. Just want to hear your voice, see what's going on. The average person will be like, yeah, I can commit to 30 minutes of chatting, but I'm doing that while I'm doing the laundry or while I've got bath time with baby or whatever it is. And so how can you layer time with the hours you do have? Do you have a friend you're comfortable with? You can say, I'm going to the grocery store. She lives right down the street. Girl, come with me on this Target run. Mm-hmm. You know, that way I'm doing the things I have to do. But we also get to chat it up a little bit. And, and it's a nice mood booster. And it pours into our, our friendship. And so I think if we get creative with how we think of, oh, I got to hang out with my friends. I got to make time. And we rethink it. I think we'll see like, oh, snap, there's actually a lot of little opportunities to mm-hmm. connect. Oh, that's so good. So, so good. Because I know myself. To my friends that listen, I, I'm sorry, guys. I, I'm really trying to be better because I just, I'm, everything just feels like a chore outside of like the absolute like necessities that I have to do to keep myself and the kids alive. So I'm just like, oh, but you're right. There's plenty of opportunity. Like while I'm cooking, doing laundry, the things that have to be done anyway, or in the car, I can, mm-hmm. I can make a phone call. So, so true. We can do it. Yeah, we just got to think of that. And just so it doesn't sound like this, you know, feel good stuff of making time. I wish that we spoke about friendship more from a wellness perspective mm-hmm. because that stuff we tend to take seriously. And so for those women who are still not convinced and they're like, ah, but I got other things to do. They're telling us now, you know, and this is a, a study that many of us in the friendship space tend to quote, but that being lonely and having like no people you vibe with in your life would be the equivalent of smoking 15 cigarettes a day in terms of what it does to your body. Most of us would nod and say, I know better about smoking cigarettes. Like, oh gosh, ooh, that's not a a healthy choice. Mm -hmm. Well, it's the same thing. And so I wonder if we started thinking of it that way of like, this is not good for my mental, physical, or emotional health to not have people I'm close to that I feel like I can I can turn to for support, that I can support. I don't really have anybody. I need to do something about that and not create some of those protective measures like you mentioned earlier with, you know what? I don't need new friends. I don't have time for that. I'm a loan shark. I'm a, I'm sorry. I know that some women think they feel that way, but it just proves to be detrimental if you have adopted that mindset. And so if you are in that space, you know, and you're listening now, I feel for you. I hear you. A lot of us are right there with you, but the next step should become, hmm, so what am I going to do about it? Instead of, I I don't have time and I don't really need that stuff anyway. The loneliness piece is really real, especially coming from what we're still in the midst of, like the pandemic when we were on lockdown. I, I think about coworkers who lived alone, who didn't have like friends in the city that I'm currently in and what they were going through just being so isolated. I made me think about people who just are introverted and just decide that they don't want to have friends for whatever reason. And then what you said to how it impacts our, our actual health and wellness. My question is for people who have felt that they truly are introverts or they choose to be like loners and hermits and whatnot, and they want to make that change, what's the first step? Because it's scary, yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah, um, totally. I sympathize with that. And I know introverts, I've learned so much since I got in the friendship game. I'm like, oh my God, (laughs) this is a whole thing. Introverts are like, you don't even know my life story now. I'd rather be in bed. And so I (laughs) I think the first thing is to realize that you can still be yourself. The tricky part is like, oh gosh, if I want to, you know, put myself out there and make friends, like I need to start adopting this persona. I guess I better go out there and start making loud jokes and saying, hey girl, hey. And 
you can still be yourself. I think the trick or the thing to remember is that, you know, the best way I've heard it described is this, and I wish I could take credit for this illustration, but I can't. Someone told me about something she heard of the imagery of coins. And so for introverts, they wake up and they have 10 coins to spare. And once they have used their coins that day, they're done. For extroverts, we wake up ready to collect some coins today and we'll collect as many as we can because we love collecting coins. Now, obviously the coins here are, you know, social interaction. And so I like to say, you know, we can all do it, but you have to know yourself, you know? So I think I'm a, a mix of both, but it's a matter of does being with people energize you or take your energy away? And so I encourage you the next time you're with people, be mindful of how you feel right when you leave. Are you feeling like, man, that was good. That was fun or is it kind of like okay that was good but I need to go be by myself because that kind of can be a telltale sign right there and so when it comes to like social gatherings and, and putting yourself out there three tips for the introvert one is you do not have to go from zero to 60 when we say go make friends and now you're looking for parties to go to, you went from zero to 60. Can you invite a friend over? Can you go meet two girlfriends on the patio and just have an hour and a half little brunch and come home? And so, you know, can you start by forcing yourself to kind of chat up that person in the elevator a little bit when normally you would have kind of kept to yourself? That's what we mean about kind of flexing the muscle and getting that social fulfillment because we all need it. And so you can go from zero to 10. You don't have to go from, you know, zero to 60. Also be yourself. Just know your battery. The second tip is when you are invited to things, I need you to be very clear about how long you can stay because some of the anxiety comes from, we go to things, right? A lot of times I know it's a running joke with some introverts. They'll be there either very early and sit in the car or they come late so they don't have to make small talk. And so the first thing is tell yourself how long you will stay because otherwise it does feel anxiety inducing to be somewhere. And you're kind of wondering like, okay, you know, when do I tap out or you're locked in a conversation, you're wishing it was over, but you're able to show up and engage more. If you told yourself, I'm going to be here for 90 minutes and I'm going to give it my all. I'm going to talk. I'm going to chat people up for 90 minutes and then I'm going to go home. And it's not rude. It's not, you know, if you want to communicate to the host beforehand, if it makes you feel better, but to say like, oh yeah, I'm really looking forward to it. Now I do have to roll out at 830, but I'll be there at seven. And so for a lot of us, it's easier to manage if you tell yourself, I'm going to go give my all till 830. That'll be helpful as well. And then finally, remember that it's okay if you go somewhere and you get just really involved in just one conversation. For extroverts, we tend to like to work the room, right? Mm -hmm. But we'll leave sometimes feeling less connected than that introvert who sat on the couch and had a 45-minute conversation with the same person on the couch. And they have more of a connection than we made. And so it's about going deep instead of wide. And so don't compare in terms of, gosh, this girl, you know, she's got... 10 friends in this picture and uh, I only have my one friend. There are so many superpowers to people who are introverts. They're observant. They remember what you tell them because they're good listeners. You know, they're loyal. And so how can you find your people, use your powers of being observant to watch at social gatherings, who looks receptive to being social, who's kind of like smiling and engaging other people and and who seems friendly and like also a good listener, that's the person who maybe you should use your energy on today because they're given that, you know, they're given that vibe. So introverts can make new friends anywhere, anytime. It's just about knowing your limitations and being comfortable 
being yourself, you know, when you're in those interactions. Honestly, I'm an introvert. So all those were for me. (laughs) So, so good. My question is, where do I find friends? Like, where does an introvert find friends? Let's just say you're in a work situation where you don't necessarily vibe with your work people or you're in a remote situation, right? I think most of us spend most of our time working now. And let's just say you're not part of like a church family or like a religious community and you're new to a city. Tips for finding friends. <laughs> yes. Okay. So I have I have tips for days. This is like my jam, but I'll I'll share with you very concisely four because I think they're the easiest that you could do like today. And if you're listening, you're like, I want more betterfemalefriendships.com. We've got you. Yes. But the four that I like to offer, the first is I always like to start with, you know, start at home. And so I notice that a lot of us will use the phrase. I need to make new friends. And we use that synonymously with, I need to meet new people. And the two are not necessarily the same. Mm -hmm. So the art of making friends is just the art of cultivating something meaningful with somebody. But who says that that has to start from scratch? And so a lot of us think, oh, I got to go meet some strangers and start over because I need some friends. But a lot of us are sitting on a lot of good potential already. Think about those people who you do know. But they're like mutual friends or the girl you talked to a couple of times and you thought to yourself like, man, she seems really cool. But you never kind of like move to advance it. We have neighbors who we bump into all the time when we're like going to check the mail or we're both walking our dog and we see all the time. And so we have people we are already aware of, but for some reason or another, we've dismissed as not being friend potential. Maybe they're too young or we've like labeled them as like, oh, well, she's just my neighbor. She's not like, she can't be a friend. She's just my neighbor. So we have people we've labeled and removed and written off for some reason. I encourage you to start right there with viewing them differently. Can you extend that conversation by two more minutes? Can you talk to the coworker who y'all only talk in the hall, but the next time you're going to ask her a not so work-related question and explore like, could there be something here? She she made a funny joke in the meeting, so maybe she's cool, you know, but can we rethink the people we already know and start to be intentional about like just dragging that conversation out two more minutes and exercising a little curiosity. So that's the first tip is start right at home. You don't have to start from scratch. And I hope that offers relief to people who think they've got to go out and meet some strangers, start at home. The second one would be, to start at work. And so just like you said, a lot of us are remote and we have, you know, four meetings a day, then we call it a day. I encourage you to retrain the way that you see those meetings. So most of us, we hop on, we fake smile. If we do have our camera on, we're ready for it to be over and we leave. But I want you to look for three things while you are in that meeting. The first is anybody who shares a good idea. The second is anybody who says something relatively funny. And the third is anybody who asks a question. Anything like that gives you something to work with. When the meeting is over, I want you to email that person one-on-one and say something to the effect of, hey, Sasha, I'm just reaching out because I wanted to thank you for asking that question in the meeting today because I was thinking it, but I didn't have like the courage to say it. And so you asking it like helped me get the answer I need. So anyway, I appreciate you. That's it. But what I'm trying to do is show her that I can kind of entertain her outside of such a stiff work environment. I'm showing her, I see you. I appreciate you. It was a three sentence email and I'm done. There's no question marks on it. So I'm not like, oh gosh, hanging in the balance. Is she going to respond? Is she going to reject me? I'm just giving her a note of appreciation. Girl, I see that question was on my mind too. Thank you. But it kind of lets her know like, oh, 
okay. And you never know. She might write you back and she's got like kind of a lengthy response. I know, right? Well, you got to ask questions because they're never clear in their directions. Am I right, girl? I know. But I got something started. And so we have to stop seeing these as the people I work with and shutting it down. Can I engage in something non-work related and see if there's something there to just kind of be cool? We have some landscape at work too. You just got to change the way you're, you're looking at things. The third tip would be to institute as much routine as you can into your day. And this is really for my work from home people. I'll often hear clients who are like, I just want to get out there and meet new people. And I say, okay, well, what does your day look like? Well, I mean, I guess I'm at home till it's time to pick up the baby and then I'm at home again. Okay. Well, we don't really have many opportunities to, to kind of connect with other people. And so I want you to take a look at how much routine you have in your day. And you want to integrate routine as much as possible. Now, normally we kind of are like, oh God, routine. And it, it, it like has the connotation of being like boring and predictable, but there's some advantages to that. So whether it's walking your dog at the same time every morning, whether it's going on a walk on your own at lunch, the gym the same time every day, a coffee shop every Friday morning for two hours, going to the grocery store, but at the same time every day, because what happens, we see the same people. It's the same other mom standing in line when your kid you, you pick up your kids. It's the same people out walking their dog at eight o'clock when you go. It's the same people at the gym over lunch. It's the same people because we're creatures of habit. And so a lot of us want those serendipitous moments of like, oh my gosh, I just saw her. She saw me. We were cool. But it's like, but how often are you are you doing that? So if I'm walking every day, I'm seeing the same people the same moms. When I go to the gym, I'm seeing the same faces. So that way, when I do kind of get the courage to be like, hey, how are you doing? I'm Danielle, by the way. It's not weird because we see each other every day or every Friday at the coffee shop. I'm seeing the same barista or it's the same like girls group in the corner who meets up for coffee every week. But you have to have some familiarity, some repeated exposure to feel comfortable saying, hello to other people. And most times people welcome that. But how have you created that in your life? How have you been giving yourself a chance to make that happen? So, you know, ask yourself, where can I create meaningful routine in my life to see people? And that leads me to a final tip that I think anybody could institute like immediately after this episode. But I know we kind of roll our eyes at the whole like meetup.com thing. And we're like, oh, of course I know about interest groups and Facebook groups. But I think the mistake we're making is we often go to those groups one time and then we're like, eh, eh, it was awkward. I didn't really find my people and we don't go. And my clients already know they always get homework at the end of a session. And if they have said that they want to make going to a meetup one of their things that they do, my homework is going to be you're going three times because you show up differently when you know you're coming back. And so a lot of us will go to a, a mixer for the first time or a book club meeting for the first time. And then we're like, mm, I don't know. And we become kind of a critic and we're secretly auditioning the people who are there to see if we like them or not. And if we don't, and it's any bit awkward, we're done. But if I know I'm coming back two more times, I show up when I show up and I'm probably asking more questions or whatever, because I know I'll be back. So you engage differently when you've told yourself, I'm going to come back a couple times to see if I can build something. And then the second reason it's good to go multiple times, even if you're not feeling it, is because it gives you something to work with in conversation. So if I go the first time and I hear, you know, a woman who's talking about her dog is sick, when I go again at next week's meeting, I can say, hey, you mentioned something about your dog being sick. Like, how did, how did everything work out with that? But I can show her I'm attentive. We can build upon just name exchanges on meeting one. Now we're building up to a meaningful conversation. But you can't do that if you're giving people 30 minutes 
and writing them off because you thought you were going to have a Molly Issa moment and you didn't <laughs> find your best friend and you're like, oh, I didn't find my bestie, but it's going to be awkward. And yes, it takes time. And so those are like four things that we could do like immediately to start training our eyes to make some new friends. Yeah. And I love when you said that. I think that could apply to so many different things. When you said we show up differently when we know we're going to return, something to that effect. That's mm-hmm. so, so true. Applies to friendships and just different areas of our lives. Quickly, I wanted to talk about, since you mentioned Molly and Issa, what do you think about maneuvering friendship breakups? Because that happens, right? Especially as we go through different transitions in life. One, that they happen. And we have to stop spiraling down the rabbit hole every time. I'm like, oh my gosh, what does this say about me? What does it say about her? What does it say about my self-worth if this didn't work out? Research tells us that we replace half of our friends every seven years. So that means there's going to be some pruning along the way. So wow. the first thing is it's it's normal. Now, I don't want us to get comfortable cutting people off because we're like, ah, it's, it's been seven years and you've been getting on my nerves, you know? So, <laughs> um, so that's what I, what I mean. But if it happens, if it falls through, if it doesn't work, it's okay. You know, it's it's normal. It's very sad, but that happens. I think it's so difficult to manage friendship breakups because I've noticed we don't have as much cultural support or cultural reverence for the loss of platonic love. Uh, I always make the joke that, you know, let's say we're seated at a table full of girlfriends and our girl Tanya is about to arrive. It would make sense if I'm sitting at the table and I'm like, oof, you guys be careful today. Be a little sensitive. She just broke up with her boyfriend. So everybody be mindful. The whole table would be like, oh my gosh, okay, you got it. If I said, hey, you guys, she's about to come up. Be mindful. She's going through a friendship breakup. You'd be like, okay, okay. right. (laughs) All right. All right. Whatever. That's weird. You know, and so we don't really honor that loss in the same way. Um, Or I've seen people who we give each other advice like, girl, well, then you didn't need her. Or like, you know what? You can get a new friend anyway. She wasn't real anyway. We do all that. And it doesn't give me space to be like, I'm really sad. Like, I miss my friend. And and we feel kind of lame and saying, I think I miss my friend. And, and, you know, our relationships do get so intimate and we share so much. So yes, it makes sense that that would be painful. And you know, a final reason I think it's difficult is because even the language we use to describe friendship from a young age is stuff like best friends forever. And, and so we don't even expect it to end. Like if I'm getting into it with a girl I really like, I'm not even thinking, you know, well, if this doesn't work out, I'm just like, man, she seems cool. Like we should hang out again next Saturday. That's all I'm thinking. But in a romantic exchange, of course, I'm like, hmm, I don't know. Like if this doesn't work out with him, whatever. Like yes. we're, we're prepared for if this doesn't work out because we're looking for the one, yep. you know? And so I think a lot of it too is just even grappling with trying to reconcile reality from the expectation. We're supposed to be friends forever though. And we think about what does that say about me as, as a friend that I couldn't keep this going and we see it as maybe like a failure. Mm-hmm. You know, what's wrong with me that mm-hmm. I couldn't? a friend and internalize so much of that stuff. And so breakups, you know, friendship breakups are, are very hard, but they are natural. They happen. Ooh, that was like a a masterclass. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Before we wrap up, I always like to ask two questions. The first question is if there is any book at all that you recommend to the audience about anything at all, what would it be? Okay, aside from my future book that I hope is on your Target shelf, 
there's a couple. Um, there's one that I know is coming out by a friend of mine who's a, a psychologist where, where we are in each other's social media circle. Her name is Dr. Marissa G. Franco, and her book is titled Platonic. So a plug for her because I think that's coming out next year. Yes. But currently, I think anything by Deborah Tannen, that's T-A-N-N-E-N, she specifically has so much good stuff about women and why there's misunderstanding. And I meant to say it like this, but you took it like this and here's why that happens. And so if you're interested in that kind of thing, I think you love her work. She's kind of OG in this space. Um, I know another one that could be helpful is anything by Shasta Nelson, S-H-A-S-T-A Nelson. She also talks about how to create and deepen your friendships. And so I'm glad to see there's books starting to come out about friendship because there's so many resources on mom life and how to be a boss in the boardroom. There's so much. But when it's like, okay, can you support me though? Because I am not getting right with my friends and I feel lonely and I feel insecure. We we need support. And so I'm glad that there are books that are starting to emerge to help us out. And also on our our website, betterfemalefriendships.com. I think currently we have a list that's like our friendship favorites and it's got all our favorite books, podcasts, shows, articles right now that are hot regarding friendship. And that might be helpful too. Yes, I will also definitely link that in the show notes as well as your Instagram and your TikTok. That's how yes. I found you originally. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and then my last question is, what's something that has brought you some joy in like the past few days? You know what? I, I'd have to say that it is probably reading, which I know it sounds corny. So before, nope. you know, you write me out. But I think it's because we just see it as like, oh, reading's fun. But it really is a form of self-care because I'll tell my husband you know what? You've got bath time tonight because I think I'm going to go read. And just to carve out like those 30 minutes or that hour for myself, uh, especially with the fiction books, so I can like not be on. I'm not learning. I'm not. I'm just like, oh, these characters are a trip. Like just to say, I'm going to take an hour to read really fills me up. As I say, I feel kind of like a nerd, but it's just so true. <laughs> Listen, I get it. I get it. I'm there with you. I get it. <laughs> yeah. So I, so I think taking that time the past couple of days to say, I'm going to read. It's just a small little, little win for me. And I, and I highly encourage it. 10 out of 10. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much, Danielle. This was such a good conversation. It's packed with so much knowledge and information. I'm excited for this episode to go out. Also, we're going to put it into the ether that you are going to be a published author. We're going to get you to see your books in Barnes and Noble (laughs) and Target and all the places because I'm so grateful to to know of you. You're a breath of fresh air and, and what I've been seeing online. So thank you for all that you do. Really, well, I really appreciate, appreciate you so you. much. And, and I, I applaud you for making space to have this conversation because I know, you know, we talk about so many other things and for you to say, let's hold some space to talk about friendship is really great. And so I, I appreciate you for that specifically. Yeah. Yes. Thank you. And thank you so much for sharing all that you did. Thanks for joining this episode of the Be Well Sis podcast. If you've enjoyed anything discussed, please follow along and leave a five-star rating and review on whatever streaming platform you're listening from. And for more information or for show transcripts, please visit thebewellsis.com for more. Be well, sis.